hey. Welcome, guys. Hey. How you guys doing today, man? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Jamal, Jamal, look, are you COVID free now? I think so. Um, just waiting on the second test to come back, man. Hopefully, it's, it says negative. I hope so. So, 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 so you can have your lady friends back visiting again. Stop, stop. I, I hate you so much. That's how you got in the first place. Uh, <laughs> That's how you got in the first place. I truly hate both of you. I just want to <laughs> let you know. Kaiser, how was your week, brother? Yeah, living, living the dream, I, I guess. Uh, Could have used more Hornets, but the little bit we got was sufficient was enough. enough. Yep. So, are, are you guys feeding into the trolls this week, or are you just letting it slide? I always feed. I'm, I'm, I'm always responding to trolls. I, I've I've just come to. The, I've confronted myself, and I've just said I'm a guy who likes arguing with people on the internet, and I just can't control myself. And I, I yes, yes, Rodney, I have yes. <sighs> All right, so we're gonna get started. Uh, <laughs> the Hornets this past week were one and one. Uh, two games were postponed due to COVID protocols. Uh, four Spurs players wound up testing positive around Monday or Tuesday. And so uh, the Hornets were like, whoa, wait wait a second, wait a second. So they had to uh, kind of get everything in check. So we're going to talk about the game last night. Terry Rozier is a mother-father dog. So what, what did you guys think about that game last night? I just want to say – Terry Rozier is living Teddy Bridgewater's dream right now. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get to that later. But, um, hey, Kaiser, put that smoke out behind you. Bro. <laughs> Man, hey, we, we, we had beef with D'Angelo back in the day. We can, we can beef with Teddy. It's not a big deal. Look, look realize, we had a back and forth with D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, about a year and a half ago, that that, that was fun. But look, D'Angelo can D'Angelo ditches it, and he could kind of take it a little better than Teddy can. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. Yeah, we'll but, get um, that later. I, this is the, the second time this season the Hornets kind of got screwed by circumstance. Um, it's it's weird to have such a huge win last night, and that win was bigger in a lot of ways than people realize. Um, and fans are excited about the way we won, but still, there's I I see too many. Well, the Hornets look terrible. Well, you know they didn't have Steph Curry or James Wiseman. Well, and it's like those are exactly the kinds of games the Hornets need to win. You got to win those ugly games. The Hornets had five complete days off, no practice. They're not in the gym. They're an NBA player will not be in NBA shape in five days. If you can believe it, especially no practice. The Warriors were on the second game of a back to back. And that might have had something to do with the outcome at the end. Uh, the Warriors energy kind of dropped sharply in the fourth, but uh, they didn't have any rust. The Hornets had 25 turnovers. Clearly, that's an indicator of rust. And um, I even on one of the, the Golden State Warriors forums, some one of the commenters said, hey, I watch the Hornets all the time because of the mellow ball. And they're playing a lot worse than they normally would. If the mm-hmm. Hornets were, were sharp, then we'd be losing this game, talking about the Golden State Warriors. So um, – so ultimately, it's like I I I don't want to attach any negatives to this game. I mean, the, the turnovers. I don't expect them to have twenty five turnovers uh, against you know the Jazz or or moving forward. Uh, it's just one of those, it was an ugly win, but those are the kind of wins you got to get. It was huge win against potentially a Western Conference playoff team. It kept us in the lead for the division. It put us right around the the seventh seed. We are the seventh seed as of today. We're the seventh seed. Yep. Big win for the Hornets. That uh, I mean, the way that it ended, it just you know, kind of um, you know, obviously made it more exciting. Um, Kaza, you kind of brought some sense to me a little bit, man. Because the first thing I was gonna say was we were probably let off the hook by Steph Curry not playing. But on second thought, I can't sit here and really comment on things that we don't have control over. We have no control over what happens with the Golden State Warriors. And the bottom line is you, the Charlotte Hornets are in no position to sit here and try to uh, – um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
uh, uh, quantify wins. A win is a win. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte Hornets need to take wins wherever they can get them. And we did what we, we did enough to win the game because it was not pretty. Um, Dale Curry said it best last night, man. If you're an NBA team, you commit 25, 20 something turnovers and you win the game, you stole one. And I think I, I can't argue with that point. I, with, with that point, um, normally there's no team in the NBA that's going to commit that many turnovers and win the game. Normally, man. So I say in that regard, I don't want to say we got lucky, but we did just enough to win the game. And I'm not going to complain about how we win games. Just like you said, Kaza, you got to win the ugly ones too. Um, I find it kind of, I mean, it, it sounds weird and kind of funny to say. But it's also kind of impressive that we won this game with LaMelo Ball not having the best game. You know what I mean? Um, you know, speaking of LaMelo Ball and his fans, you know, that I think last night's LaMelo Ball game was the perfect example of what most people have been trying to preach to LaMelo fans is that you got to be patient and you got to bring him along slowly because I'm not predicting we're seeing a rookie wall. But you're seeing an example of what can happen when LaMelo has when, when he has the keys full time. It's mm -hmm. possible. You get what I'm saying? Now, if LaMelo lights it up on Tuesday and he scores 40 points against the Jazz, cool. We're, we're good with that. But we just want to kind of tell fans of LaMelo's just to be patient because those games are going to happen as well. And that's why you have to develop him. But enough about LaMelo Ball. Back to the Charlotte Hornets as a whole, it was a very gutsy win. What I did not like, though, there is one thing that kind of stood out to me that I did not like about uh, last night. I, I, you know, I said this to y'all in the chat room last night, man. I don't. There is no excuse for the Warriors to outwork and to out hustle us last night. And I kind of think for three quarters they did that, and and that's what I I was. I can't offer any excuses to that when we've had so much time off and that was the team that played the night before. Yeah. Outside, outside of that, man, we buckled down in the fourth quarter. Terry Rozier just continues to just prove Bleacher Report and everybody else who had something to say in 2019 wrong, man. I can't say enough about that, dude. So, I think Jamal, I got a theory, man. Most of the media is the Northeastern Bay. A lot of them happen to be Boston fans, in my opinion. I, I, think, a lot I, were, I, 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 I think a lot of them were just kind of kind of salty. Yeah, we got to upgrade, and, and, and Charlotte is just Mike's team, and they don't know what they're doing, and they won't admit when they were fully wrong. They, they, they will never admit it. I'm letting you know that now. Look, we can tag Bridge Report all day. They will. I, which I plan on doing because I'm I'm never letting it go. I, I plan on I'm I'm never gonna let it go. I'm just telling you now, never. I, and, and here's the thing, Rodney. It, it's not the fact that you know. It, it's not the fact that Bleach Report, Sports Illustrated, and everybody else were critical. They were unfair. Yeah. There's a line to cross. There's nothing wrong with criticizing a, a move, a signing. But when you are unfair, what seems to be the national thing with the Charlotte Hornets, there's one thing to be critical, but there's one thing to just pile on and be unfair. You really rank Terry Rozier's contract worse than Tyus Jones and Dwayne Dedman. Like, I'm just never going to let that go. I'm sorry, man. I mean, last night was just more proof in the pudding that that was just outrageous. You know what I mean? So, guys, I, I, I want to switch gears for a second. So, I was having a conversation last night uh, with uh, Danny, our, our friend Danny, and I, 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 I want to know. I want to get you guys' opinion on this. He made an opinion. He, he made a statement that Lamelo fans need to realize at this point is not his team. It's more Gordon Hayward's and Terry Rozier's team right now. Right, but we we need to be prepared for the transition with with, with in, in the in the next couple of years. So, how do you feel about that statement? I, don't, I was gonna say I don't see any indication that it's Lamelo's team. I don't know how someone can make that uh, determination. Look, right look now. man, look. The, the highlights video says it's his team, <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that Lamelo. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell what NBA players think from body language or what they say. But LaMelo looks extremely happy to be a Charlotte Hornet. Yeah. The way he ran over, he was the first person to run over to Terry Rozier last night. And he picked him up, which 
Um, kind of, <laughs> I think it's funny because we always talk about, man, when LaMelo gets stronger, man, well, man, he lifted Terry Rose here. I'm going to carry him out. I'm like, yeah, strong. Now, Vince in the comments says that Malik Monk last week said it's Melo's team. Um, I don't see that. I just, I just don't see it because now I, I will say this in crunch time. Clearly the Borrego now has trust to put LaMelo on the court. And well, he doesn't have much of a choice right he, now. Well, but. He, he didn't, but LaMelo actually made some really good hustle plays yeah. down the stretch to help us win that game. For instance, not fouling Wanamaker after the Wiggins miss instead going for the ball and getting the jump ball. I yeah. think I think PJ was looking to foul because I mean at that point the game is essentially over. LaMelo goes for the ball, gets the jump ball, wins the jump ball and that ended up in that that ended up leading to 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 the wild ending. So, uh the extra trust Borrego has in LaMelo I think is showing, but I still think Terry Rozier the, the team goes as Rozier's attitude goes. I think his attitude is just starting to, t- to trickle down to the rest of the players. He's a dog. And when you got a guy like that on your team, it's it's very hard not to to for that attitude to permeate down to everyone else. Yeah. Um just I you know I I answer this from a f- from the fan base's perspective. I just think this fan base is so starved for a, a superstar. We're so starved for that next thing. We're we we we're 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 just hungry to go back to those Alonzo morning LJ days. And Lamelo has obviously has the potential to be that guy, but we're look but we're a bit impatient. I think that's an understatement. We are very impatient when it comes to Lamelo Ball because fans want instant grits. You know, they they don't want a full breakfast. They just they, they they want instant grits to take 2 minutes and voila, we have our superstar and all of our problems are solved and and we we now have this coveted star. So they no. don't, so they don't want to wash their grits first and, and No, 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 just to just just out the box, just throw them in the in the in the in the, in the microwave. Ooh, put some butter yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, nah, but that that's what fans want. They don't they don't they don't want the breakfast. They but all jokes aside, man. Like rookies and young guys have to be developed, and I just don't think fans want to hear that. You know what I mean? Like this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. We're gonna get more games like we got last night from Lamelo Ball, and I, I'm I'm not saying that to pile on. I'm just saying it is what it is. This guy's 19 years old, man, and, and we just need to kind of chill out and just let the development take its course. Take its course. I, I think the uh, the extended time off this week probably affected Lamelo more than yeah, yeah. than everyone else. It, it just did. People don't understand that you know NBA players are a fine tuned machine. You right. throw anything in there that throws their rhythm off, and it. You know, they've got to work to get it back. Melo got an early foul trouble. You know, his shooting. Three fouls in one quarter. Yeah. And his shooting, which was a knock on him coming into the league, I think is predicated around his ability to get into an offensive rhythm. Right. Absolutely. Week off, you don't get to practice. You don't, you know, Melo's jump shot is something where he has to be in the gym practicing to keep that rhythm up. Um, uh, Yeah. I, I do think so. Someone in the comments, Anthony Badillo, said that Melo's the glue guy. That I will agree with. I kind of think with Melo out there running the offense, also with Devontae Graham's recent comments about coming off the bench, I think the team has realized okay, Lamelo kind of makes it makes it all Come together. Yeah, he, he he's the biggest X X factor. I think that's very clear to see. You know, I yeah, I've often said this about Devontae Graham. You know. Before LaMelo got here, I've always said the Hornets kind of go as Devontae Graham goes, and now I'm kind of feeling the same way about LaMelo Ball. Yeah. You know, it was a struggle last night because he struggled. I mean, yeah. it's it's not quite that simple, but it's a microcosm of what we've seen with our point guards in the past. So so, so I, I want to push back. So if you say we go as LaMelo goes, wouldn't that indicate that's his team or, like, 
Explain that to me. No, because it just goes back to what I also just said. He's an uh, he's an X factor. He's not the guy. It's not his team. He doesn't have the keys to the Lamborghini yet. Now, and I think Terry Rozier clearly showed him and Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, they have those keys now. Even though Hayward has been struggling lately, uh, I don't think he's he, he's quite healthy for some reason. But we 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 saw the the, the former Boston Celtics man. They they are the guys that hold this team down. Uh, ultimately, man. They're the guys you can depend on in the clutch because um, Hayward's numbers, if you just looked at them, raw numbers might would indicate he had an off night. But he shot 5-4-11. He just didn't take a lot of shots. The Hornets right. were not getting to the free throw line, which Gordon Hayward's game is predicated around getting to the free throw line, shooting a lot of free throws. And he was 3-4 for four from three-point range with two huge, huge threes in the last five minutes of the yeah. game. Right. And, uh, add that with what obviously with Terry Rozier did, and it's kind of clear. Okay, when when it's time to close the game when out, it's time to close the those game. Are the guys, those are the two you're going to. Yeah, yeah, those are the guys you're going to. And I think even Lamelo knows that. Hey, where's Terry Rozier at? Where is Gordon Hayward at? And um, I think I, I think that's a great chemistry to have going forward. The build it has been accelerated because of Gordon Hayward's decision to come out into free agency last season and i worry about the mental health of charlotte hornets fans when we get swept out of the playoffs the hornets are gonna make the playoffs this year i, yeah. I think the season's half over when the seventh seed it would take a pretty major collapse for them to fall behind the teams that are currently behind us it's still kind of close but if you look at the, the standing if you're not the the sixth seed in which you you get to play boston you know, having to deal with either Philly, Brooklyn, or um, or the Bucks, none of those are good matchups for Charlotte. None right. of them. So what's going to happen is the Hornets are going to make the playoffs for the first time in, what, four seasons, and boy, is the LaMelo hype train going to be going full steam ahead, and we're going to get steamrolled, and the LaMelo fans are going to be jumping off the Bank of America Tower. Fire no, no, no. Me, no. It's exactly right. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna fall on Melo. It's gonna fall on James Brago. He's gonna be the worst coach in the world when that happens. But I, I do want to speak to an excellent point you made, and I want to talk about you know we we have we've had a lot of discussions as far as rebuild versus retool and exactly where this franchise is at. And I think two things sped that up. Not only. Gordon Hayward, signing Gordon Hayward obviously sped that up. But LaMelo Ball, and, and I don't know if we knew LaMelo Ball was going to be this good for us. That, that's the question we can we can argue about back and forth all day. But those two things have ultimately sped the rebuild process up, like you've mentioned. Yeah. But the great thing about this, and this is a great point Kaiser made, the great thing about this is that transition. Gordon Hayward's not going to be here forever, you know what I mean? So so once Gordon Hayward is getting older, LaMelo Ball is developing, and he starts ascending as a player, that bridge is so solid. You know what I mean? That That is a great bridge to have for the Charlotte Hornets' future. Now, you know, people will, will say, oh, man, you know, we you know, we kind of killed uh, the, the, the rebuild, blah, 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 but I think we're in a great position, honestly, man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So – Look, I, I I have a scenario for you guys. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Wouldn't it be dope to add a former 28-13 guy to the team? <coughs> former. <coughs> former. He, he, he shoots threes. He's he, he's a uh, champion. Uh, he, he, he's played in the finals before. Um, the guy I'm talking about is DeMarcus Cousins. So the day after he was guaranteed a contract, Houston kind of decided to go in a new direction. And so now DeMarcus Cousins is, 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 will be available pretty pretty soon. So how do you guys feel about the Hornets going after DeMarcus? Is that a good idea, bad idea? Should we bring him in as, as Cody's backup? Like, what, what do you guys think? Um, I am 41. I'll be 42 years old in two months. And I can get up and down the court faster than DeMarcus <laughs> And I, I got bad news, too. Um, I would not be opposed to the Hornets kind of kicking the tires. Yeah. And then saying, okay, what's the dirt cheapest you're going to play for us for? Hey, man, look, a big man shooting 37% from the field, 
That's at least ten million dollars, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to come in for like, you know, three million bucks, bring him in. You know, uh, whenever we decide to go big, which Brego really doesn't like, it, but there are times where you say, "Hmm, Hornets maybe could have gone big right there." Okay, that's what you bring Cousins in. The offense will slow down. Maybe he shoots a few threes, gets some rebounds, and he sits back down on the bench. Otherwise, I don't think th- this doesn't move the needle either way. Yeah, thank um, you. And so, yeah. um, I find it very ironic, and I find it very interesting how Hornets fans are coveting a guy that Cody Zeller has ate his lunch the last two or three times they have faced each other, including a career high when DeMarcus Cousins was playing for the Golden State Warriors. Mr. Cody Zeller had a career high against DeMarcus Cousins and the Golden State Warriors. I find that very interesting. Um, I will, I'll say this, you know, Kaza used to have this thing in Hornets group where we would say something about a certain player and we would say a percentage. Like, <laughs> you remember that, Kaza? 3%, yeah. <laughs> Right now with Bismack Biombo, I'm at five percent. Like I'm all but done with Bismack Biombo personally. So, is Demarcus Cousins uh, a upgrade over Bismack Biombo? Slightly, yeah. I mean, from a talent perspective, obviously, but it just doesn't move the needle. I'm in a place personally with the Hornets where I don't want the Hornets just to make moves, just to make moves. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna make a move, go younger, clear cap space. Or get significantly better. DeMarcus Cousins doesn't do any of that for the Hornets. It's just adding a body. It's adding depth. It's adding six more fouls. That's it. I mean, look, man, he he he's the tough. He, he could be the toughness that we need. He could provide floor stretching. He likes to shoot the three. Uh, he's he's had relative success in the NBA. Uh, just like. Other than that, like, do, do, do you think he's a, a good locker room presence for your young guys to to teach them pointers of, of, of how to play that post game? I'm talking more like Kerry and Richards. Um, I think that's a good point. But at the same time, man, at what cost? I, I, I just goes back to what Kaza said, man. I, you know, the veteran minimum, you know what I mean? Explain to him, no, you're not going to be the, the starting uh, center for this team. We don't look at you as as DeMarcus Cousins from 2012. You know what I'm saying? So if it's just adding a body for cheap, man, I mean, cool, but you know, don't 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 just go out of your way and, and, and get a guy $14 million just to do that. Yeah, I mean, okay, we remember how the fan base this past offseason flipped out because Gordon Hayward has an injury history how are they going to feel about DeMarcus Cousins? Who oh, has, seriously. I mean, super, super injury history. He can he can barely move now due to his uh, injury history. So I, I don't think Mitch is swayed by this. I, don't, I do not think that Mitch Kupchak saw DeMarcus Cousins being released and thought, oh, snap, we need to get him. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, he was just like, eh, hey, whatever, put his phone right. down. Listen, since you guys – are idiots that don't want DeMarcus. <laughs> How would you feel about Blake freaking Griffin? He could be Lomelo's sidekick, box office, shooting 34% from the field. This guy is a must-have. How do you feel about him in Charlotte? Same way. It doesn't move the needle, uh, but kick the tires if, if, if he's cheap enough. I, you know, so... I don't. I don't think. Um, hey man, look, I got a fun fact. Blake Griffin has not dunked in the NBA game since 2019. It's very telling, considering you know what his game, what he's known for uh, in the league, is being you know super athletic and attacking the rim. And obviously, he can't do that anymore. So if he can't do that, then you have to think. Well, then what else uh, could he possibly bring to the team? The biggest issue with Blake Griffin versus DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins is released. Yeah. Once he clears waivers, any team can pick him up for any amount. Blake Griffin would have to be traded, which he's he's got a monster yeah. contract. Yeah, and we'd have to give up something to get Blake Griffin in his monster's contract. So, so, there, so there, 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 there has been like 
talks that they may buy him out with a big buyout, mm-hmm. but I don't see that happening with two years, a year with, with that yeah. much left on the deal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just did a Google search. And what I just Googled was, what is the farthest point from Charlotte, North Carolina? It is Perth, Australia. That is how far I want Blake Griffin away from Charlotte, North Carolina. I want nothing to do with Blake Griffin in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blake Griffin, at this point in his career, his con- first of all, his contract is is an albatross. I don't even know how we would even... It is it is even worse than Nick Patoons if you can believe that or not. So number one, I don't even know how we match the contracts on the trade. Uh, that would have to be a buyout situation, number one. But most importantly, just from what I from I, I, let me let me back up a little bit, Rodney. I don't know if it was you or Vince that you know we were attending the game when we played Detroit and we beat them for like the twelfth straight time or whatever. Yeah. And I told one of y'all, I said. You know, this is when Andre Drummond was playing with Blake Griffin. And I told one of you, I said, these two are not going to play together very long. I remember saying that. Mm-hmm. The reason I said that is because Blake Griffin, if you were to look up black hole in the dictionary, Blake Griffin's face would be on the on, on the black hole. He I'm is a – I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back. The year 2018 in Detroit, this man averaged like 25 – Six and seven, like six, six and seven assists. Like the, he, like like he evolved as a player. He can pass the ball. Drummond is the black hole. Listen, I, I understand all that, but just to give you an example of what of what I don't like about Blake Griffin, that same game that I'm talking about, the Detroit struggling to beat us. You know, Blake Griffin got all of his touches in the post, and every time he touched the ball in the post, he either got a, a layup or a free throw. But guess what he chose to do? He chose to shoot four three-pointers in the fourth quarter, and he missed all of them. If I'm a coach, I will pull – I don't have any hair, but I would pull my hair out if I had a player like that on my team. I don't want Blake Griffin anywhere near this team, especially at this point of of his career and especially being that we have other young guys on his career. It just screams development killer for the rest of this roster. I want no part of Blake Griffin, man. Gotcha. I don't think the Hornets should entertain any moves until the offseason. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I'm yeah. totally with you on that. Just uh, let the season play out how how it made it. They made you know two big a big free agency splash, and then they drafted you know probably the rookie of the year. Ride yeah. that for a little bit. Ride, ride, ride it to next year. <laughs> yep. And, and, you know, just going back to what I said, man. Like you know, I it, if there was an opportunity that presents itself to where it just clearly makes the Hornets better. When I say clearly, Ms. Kupchak has said Ms. Kupchak has said in the past, he's not interested in, in making moves that make us three or four games better. He wants to add a player that wins us 15 to 18 more games. And that and that's where I'm at. John Collins. Oh, okay. if that, look, man, if that opportunity presents itself, you got to go for it. Gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, um, the Carolina Panthers had themselves an interesting week. Uh that's an understatement. That's an understatement. So KK Short <laughs> was cut, and the Panthers wound up saving themselves about eight point six million against the cap. Uh, Trey Boston, Mike Pilardi, and Stephen Weatherly were cut. Uh, all about averaging, well, adding up to about eleven million, eleven point five million in savings. So the Panthers have almost thirty million dollars in cap space. Uh, what do you think we use this for? Are we going? Uh, What's the guy's name? Uh, oh man, he, he used to say, he used to say we're going bargain bargain basement shopping. We're not shopping right. at Tiffany's. Uh, so are, are we shopping at Tiffany's now, or we're prepping for a trade in the future of a certain quarterback from Houston, Texas? Uh, what, 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 what do you guys think of these moves? I I hate to disappoint the Carolinas fan base. I don't think any of those moves have anything to do with Deshaun Watson. I really don't. I think it has more so to do with trying to fix our dire cap situation. What did I say a couple of weeks ago? If you're an NFL team, you can't be bad and not have money. You know, if if you're not going to have cap space, you need to be contending. If you're going to be bad, you need to have cap space. I just think it's a a move to fix our own cap situation and, and more specifically, 
Taylor Moulton and Curtis Samuel are up, I think is more so to do to, to it's a move to make sure we re-sign both of mm -hmm. those guys first. Because I, 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 you know, I've stood on this on this hill uh, forever. I think it's important to sign both of those guys. You know what I mean? So and, and look, Jay Jay saying, look, we're using it to sign another sorry left tackle, but Taylor Moulton was was solid. Yeah, I mean, he's what he he's bet, he's what we got, and and I think it's that important to bring them back. I think those moves are more so for that. If you're talking about Deshaun Watson, you're talking about a, a totally different scenario where we're talking about trading and matching salaries anyway. I don't think any of these moves are related to Deshaun Watson at all. Yeah. Uh, last year, the, the Panthers hired uh, Samir Suleiman to be their capologist. Um, this, these moves, I think, come on his advice yeah. to get the, the cap – to a point where we have options. That doesn't mean we're going to use the op That doesn't mean we're going to do anything. But if you don't have any options, you cannot do anything. You're kind of you're kind of hamstrung. That's all these moves are. The the horn or the Panthers are not going to miss uh, Trey Boston or Michael Pilardi or KK Short because he had not even feel Kaza, let me let me say this. Let me interrupt you real quick, man. The Trey Boston move was a bit surprising. Now I'm not like super you know i'm not like some super fan of trey boston or whatever but just looking at what we have i, I want to make sure i'm very clear on that looking at what we have on this roster trey boston was pretty important relative to what we have let me make that very clear you get what i'm saying yeah so, and like the cupboard is now completely bare with him gone that's that's what i'm getting at Pepper has stated uh, and this was one of the reasons why um, Herney was let go was that they're looking for a more analytics driven approach to scouting talent. And if you look at Trey Boston, I think they feel like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think they feel like he can be easily replicated either through free agency. I agree. Or what, I agree. What, 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 what Trey Boston brought from your number standpoint, I think the, the Panthers feel like, we can replicate that for cheaper than what we were paying Trey Boston to essentially be a veteran presence. Now, I think I personally, I think analytics doesn't work in the NFL. There are too many positions and um, you, you cannot discount the impact that a veteran like Trey Boston can have on young teammates. We're going to have a super young secondary. However, we start structuring <laughs> defense. Um, you have a super young secondary. They're going to need someone back there to kind of basically Vince to kind of lead them and uh, with Trey Boston gone, they, they won't have that. But I think this is uh, th that move in particular was probably an analytics decision. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I got a question guys. Is Teddy Bridgewater copying Kevin Durant at this point? In this <laughs> I, I, look, 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 look. You, you guys may not know what I'm talking about. Uh, he obviously he's not as as great as Kevin Durant is, but uh, Teddy's been accused of having a burner account on Twitter and uh, engaging with uh, some of his dissenters, man. And uh, it's, it's also been reported that Teddy has unfollowed the Panthers. <laughs> like, what do you guys think of Teddy, man? Like, it's 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 like it's it just put a snowballing out of control. Like, how do you guys feel about this, man? It's it's it's, it's actually kind of sad, in my opinion. Let me let me say this, man. I I, I wish I'd, I I want fans to forgive me because I don't have the uh, <clears throat> the the reporter's name who was going to break the story about Teddy Bridgewater and his burner account. But I I will say this: if you work for a professional publication, okay, you are obligated to verify and make sure you have accuracy when it comes when it comes to whatever story you're going to break. That this guy, whatever his name was, I uh, forgive me for forgetting his name, but it looks like he had everything he needed to break a story on Teddy Bridgewater having a burner account. It looks like everything w was lined up. Now, as far as Teddy Bridgewater unfollowing the Panthers, I don't blame him. I, but at the same time, it's just another cog in this whole saga. At this point, man, it, they both need to break up. And what's interesting about this, with all this being said, we actually may get to the regular season and Teddy Bridgewater may still be our starting quarterback, just be, for lack of options. You get what I'm saying? 
<laughs> but it just seems that's, 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 Jamal, Jamal, that's that that's that's like staying for the kids in my in my in my in my uh it's exactly what it is. It's, it's exactly it's, you it's, are in a miserable man. Right. It's like you're in a miserable marriage that you just can't break out of, but you stand for the kids, man. And that may be a reality <laughs> come this season. But, uh, you know, all signs point to an inevitable breakup, man. And it, I think it's just kind of needed for both parties at this point. Yeah, this can't be fixed. In the NFL, these situations never – no one ever, like, makes up and apologizes and hugs it out. It's just not going to happen. We And – even before all this, we saw how Bridgewater's relationship with the coaching staff began yeah. to deteriorate yeah. towards the end of the season. You start adding this in, the Deshaun Watson rumors. It's just not a good situation. And the, the Panthers would be smart to take care of it as soon as possible. Absolutely. A lot I of agree. franchises let that linger and it bleeds over into the season, and it permeates down to the locker room. And uh, that's when it's t- that's when it's yeah. un- just unfixable at it that is, point. Yeah, it's just because I, I got a question. Do do you think it was kind of disrespect for the Panthers? And I'm mean, be honest with you, I I think some people in the organization push certain news out there. Do 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 you think it was disrespectful for them to publicly be going after Matt Stafford? Uh, having their name in the uh, ten, uh, the uh, Deshaun Watson conversation and, and just openly looking at other quarterbacks, like uh, the uh, quarterback coming in the draft from Alabama. If we draft him, I'm, go- I'm going to pass out. But, like, <laughs> they've been linked to so many other quarterbacks publicly. Like, do you think Teddy's just feeling disrespected at this point? I mean, look, Teddy is, like, 24, 25, whatever. Like, this young generation, they're a little sensitive. So, like, do you think that – the Panthers have some of the onus on them to kind of so the relationship. I, if I was Teddy or any quarterback, yeah, I feel uh, kind of disrespected. Teddy feels like he did everything that he could as a quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, given the situation. Um, he doesn't feel like everything was completely his fault. He acknowledges the mistakes that he's made. But the way the Panthers have been in the media talking about aggressively going after another quarterback, that's going to sting a little bit. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's a business. Yeah. If you were a better quarterback, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. And one of the narratives that I'm seeing that is really burning me up considering the arc of the Carolina Panthers over the last decade, uh, D'Angelo Williams got into some Twitter beef you know, recently with, uh, and he was essentially saying that the O line was the issue, and that's what a lot of fans think. Hey, you got if you fix the O line, everything will be okay. It's and one of the issues. It's one of the issues, and it can't be the issue. It, and I don't want to hear O line considering what Cam Newton had to put up with his eight nine years here, where he had maybe a good O line for one. Year, yeah, yeah. Look at what Andrew Luck was able to do with the Indianapolis Colts. They consistently had the worst O line in football besides Carolina. He's he took almost as many hits as Cam Newton did. Look at what Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl with PFF, the worst O line in football. Now, granted, they had a historic defense, but that's kind of my point. Good, good quarterbacks can do just fine with poor O lines if the rest of the team is built accordingly. And our O-line wasn't as bad statistically anyway as everyone likes to think. The O-line did not make Teddy Bridgewater try and put the ball over the goal line against Green Bay and get it slapped out after the coach told you (laughs) not to do that. The O-line didn't do that. The O-line didn't throw a two-yard slant route uh, when it's fourth and 12, you know, to to continue the game. O-line didn't do that. So – I don't. I don't want to hear this narrative. If Teddy was better, he would be. And yeah. if he ends up being our quarterback next season, then the pressure is on him again. He's then it's he's got to ball out. Yeah, he, yeah. he would have no one to blame for uh, for for that besides himself. So it is. I find it very interesting how, in, in this regard, <clears throat> in particular, how the Hornets and the Panthers do business 
so differently when it comes to this stuff. And what I mean was, what I mean is <clears throat> the, 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 the pursuing of trades publicly. Yeah. The Hornets historically, when they have pursued trades, you don't hear about it until it happens. <laughs> you, you notice that, you notice, and we haven't made a trade in a while, but you notice that when we have, it kind of comes out the blue. There's no rumors circling around on the internet. And I say this to say, the Panthers, I think with the changing of the guard, so to speak, they're looking at this like this is strictly business. Yeah. F your F your feelings in so many in so many words. And to your point, Rodney, Teddy Bridgewater, little younger generation. I I mean, to to be fair, I totally understand why he would be hurt. I understand why he would feel a bit disrespected. And to add another layer to that, we don't know what the discussions were behind closed doors before we heard these rumors. The, 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 this may be a situation where Teddy Bridgewater is hearing about all these trade rumors out the blue before the Carolina Panthers even sat down and had a discussion with him. Now, if that's the case, I don't blame him for feeling disrespected and, and what have you. But at the same time, this is the way the Panthers are operating now. It is a business. You're on board or you're not. And it's that simple, man. Tepper has made it clear winning above all else. Yeah, right. He, care yeah. About, he does not care about your feelings. You know, if you are out there producing and helping the Panthers win games, then you will be a valuable. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it's, and look, man, and it's so different from the old guard. We had Marty Herney, who was a very old school GM. You know what I'm saying? He look, listen, let's be let's be let's be fair about this. There were a lot of Panthers players that were coddled, that were downright coddled and overpaid and had a longer lease <laughs> under the old regime. And it seems to be completely different now, man. But what uh, uh, to play devil's advocate here, because I mean, so we saw how they handled the Cam Newton situation. You know, now we're seeing how they're handling the Teddy Bridgewater situation. I understand the context of those two situations is different, but is if you are a player, do you want to go through a team like Carolina that treats its players like that? Here, here's the thing, man. man that's, I, I, that's, that, man that, that's a hard one, man. Like, Cam is, look, Cam is polarizing with a with, with a lot of the actual media in the NFL, but other players seem to like Cam, and I think Cam word goes longer than we actually think. So if 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 Cam was actually if if Cam actually told people that he was done wrong by the organization, he he has some cachet to to to, to sway some decisions. In my opinion, I could be wrong, and I'm open to it. I I just think. It's a tough question to answer, but I also feel like the rest of the NFL is going that way. You know what I mean? I this it's a it's a copycat league in every single way. I think every single organization has looked at the New England Patriots the way that they've done business over the last ten and fifteen years and say, you know, we need to replicate that. I think the Panthers are are are, are no different. So I just think that the rest of the league is going that way where we're just like, you know what? We don't care about your feelings. It's a business. It is what it is. Gotcha. 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 So, guys, uh, a little birdie told me that uh, Deshaun Watson was on I-85 on I- in, in, uh, in North Carolina. So how do you guys feel about that? <laughs> Won a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, was was Tepper okay, so, all right, so, so let's break it down objectively. He's got ties to the area. Granted, they're mostly in South Carolina, but he has ties to the area. A massive winter storm just came through Texas. So he's probably saying, okay, I need to get out of Texas. Look, look, man, look, he's he's probably been out of Texas. He don't he don't even look he he has do not answer for any Texas personnel personnel on this phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, if he was spotted. In South Carolina, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, but North Carolina, man. But you in Annapolis at that? Yeah, let's you, be, in, let's you be, in the yeah. Carolina metro area, stopping to get stopping to get gas, and you know it, it was it was clearly him. The pictures that we saw, his Ferrari four eighty eight with the Texas tags on it. That was that was a badass Ferrari, bro. Yes, man. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm wondering what he's. I don't know. 
Hey, look, man. Look, Papa look. Tepper, look, look, look. Papa Tepper in that ear. Hey, 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 hey. I got some deals for you. <laughs> look, we, we can't make too much out of a picture because we don't have a... Vince out of the chat. <laughs> yeah, Vince, you're out of pocket right now. Oh, hell no, Vince. Hell no. Vince, Absolutely not. Out of pocket. <laughs> For for and look for for people who are who who are going to listen to this on the podcast, Vince has suggested that the Falcons are going to get Deshaun Watson and we're going to trade for Matt Ryan. I, I look, I will be on the bridge of of Beatty's Fort Row overlooking right it, looking to jump if that happens. Right just, yeah. That cannot happen. Sorry, can't happen. <laughs> if that happens, I will chain myself to the Charlotte Pipe and Foundry uh, land. <laughs> So that they cannot build a new stadium. You will not build a new stadium with you Matt can't Ryan. do it. Nope. nope. Can't can't do it. Cannot do it, man. Can't do it. Man, but you know, we, we don't have a lot of information other than the pictures we saw, man. But you can't help but to get excited. Like Deshaun Watson's in Kannapolis. What the hell is he doing in Kannapolis? We can only speculate, but you know our speculations are gonna lead to hope, you know, hoping he have a conversation with the Panthers brass. Let's hope so, man. Hey, man, look, <laughs> look, man, look. An important part of any trade that is, that that happens with Deshaun Washington, he has veto power. Always remember that he has the power to veto any trade. And if you saw the pictures, haters would say it's Photoshop. I, I just leave it like that. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much, pretty much. So, guys, um, in Charlotte, we have this little place called Tent City. And uh recently <laughs> we we had a place called Tent City. We had a place called Tent Look, the tent is still out there, the people aren't. Um recently there was a, a rat infestation there. Uh and the uh people uh, r- roughly around 200 people were given a package from, from the county, so they got 90 days in the hotel plus uh three square meals a day for 90 days. Um a lot of people are kind of skeptical on this rat infestation. I can see how it would happen, but what's your guys' feeling on this situation? Let me go first, man. Um, I I actually drove by the area this morning. I actually drove by Tent City this morning. Um, as of this morning, there are literally like three or four tents out there, but I didn't see any people out there. There's, there's, I didn't see any people outside of maybe construction workers or cleanup crews or what, or, or law enforcement, what have you. <clears throat> my first, my first feeling when it comes to this whole tent city fiasco is that ultimately the city doesn't give a damn. Um, now, you know, to be fair, to be objective, you know, it, it's it's cool that they threw these people a bone to to offer them lodging and food for 90 days. I, you know, I, I don't know if I could if I've seen a situation like that with any other city in the same situation. So we got to be fair about that. But here's my feeling. Here's just some and this is speculation. You know, I don't have any information on this. I just don't know how I'm going to feel in the next six months if we drive by that same area. And there's a damn brewery there or some more condos mm-hmm. or, or another business that's not going to add that's not going to really add anything, you know, culture wise to the city. I just don't know how I'm going to feel when that happens in the next six months. You know what I mean? And it just kind of it, it, it just kind of screams, you know, like, hey, we care more about the optics of the city more than we care about the actual people of the city. And it's just kind of a microcosm of, of why so many people in the city are so angered with local politics, with, lo- with local politicians in the city. <clears throat> you know, God, God bless those people for, you know, the three months that they have. And, 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 and hopefully they can they can, you know, make something happen, you know, a- after that, these 90 days are up. But I'm just very uh, uh, skeptical of what the city has planned for that particular era going forward, man. Gotcha. I, look, man, I, I was having a conversation with my wife, man, and we just came to the conclusion that Charlotte is, is a city that's consumed with its reputation. Absolutely. And, and if these, if, if this if this homeless, homeless camp was off of uh, Brookshire Boulevard, Eastway Drive, or Sugar Creek, they wouldn't even give a damn, to be honest with you. But 
you put the homeless situation in Charlotte in the forefront in front of your precious uptown, you had to do something about it. And so this was a way to to get everything going. And so I mean, I, I look, I, I'm I I just got conspiracies about it. I, it's 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 really convenient that a rat infestation happened. Yes, I could be, I, right. Wow. Right. I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Kaza? So, no, yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I'm like a rat infestation. Also, there were concerns about open air burning. When has Charlotte ever gave a crap about air pollution? Seriously. Get the get out of here. Yeah, right. I, like Jamal said. A year from now, those tents are gonna be gone. There's gonna be uh, Chad Bros Brewery <laughs> and barbecue there, and no one's going. Everyone's gonna like forget that this ever happened. happened it, yeah. It's yeah. It, that's just the way that our city uh, ha- has become. And uh, to be fair, it is a you know that's just one of the problems of becoming a major metropolitan city in America. Los Angeles never fix that problem. Um, you know, Skid Row is 50 blocks of downtown LA. And listen, come, coming from somebody who's visited LA and who's, who's visited Skid Row, there are literally parks full of homeless people in Los, literally. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Hornets Nest Park with homeless people. That's Los Angeles. They, I don't know if they will ever get a handle on that problem. But go ahead. No, I don't, I don't think they will. I, I think Charlotte will uh, raise the earth before they let it get that bad, but they'll they'll handle it in a completely irresponsible manner, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so enjoy your crappy IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> some dog park or yeah, some, yeah. Some, it'll yeah. be a dog. It'll be a dog park brewery. Dog park brewery. brewery actually, there you go. And then it's gonna be next door to a uh, candle. Wax facility where you can make <laughs> yeah. candles. <laughs> and then next door, you're going to have a sandwich shop where you can have potato salad with raisins in it. See, there you go. <laughs> and it's going to be like $20 for, for a little sandwich that big. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, look, man, off topic, man. Like, yesterday was like the first, like one of the first times I actually drove around the city in months just to kind of hang out. I was just like, first of all, I was shocked at how many people out were out, and I was just shocked to see how far freaking gentrification has come within the past year in the pandemic. Like, we went to where uh, the new uh, Shake Shack is, where, where, where uh, Pikes used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that area, oh my gosh, that area has like, people don't remember the old South End from like 15, 20 years ago. Like, you don't want to be caught down there. You don't want to know. Remount Road, don't go there. Don't yeah, go to please. Remount Road. And, please. And, 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 and it's just like we walked around for a little bit, and it's just like it's just unrecognizable at this point, man. It's it's, it's crazy. It's completely crazy. And, but it, it, it goes back to the like this age-old discussion we've had about Charlotte for the last 20 years, man. It's just like you know, what are you taking out versus what are you putting in? You're, mm. you're, you're taking out all of the soul and all of the culture of Charlotte, and and you're adding, you know, things that may look better on the surface, but you're not really adding anything of substance. You know, you're taking out the soul, you're taking out the culture, and and and, and that's the disappointing part because you're not replacing it with anything. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, you know, it, it's just whatever you. I don't know. It just I guess it depends on what you're looking for out of a city. If you don't care about culture and and you don't care about, you know, character or anything like that, Charlotte's a great place for you. If you do, then you're going to struggle to probably enjoy it here. So, I mean, like like one word that sticks out about Charlotte to me is sterile. Like a lot of things that have been put up recently are just kind of sterilized and Plain, plain vanilla. Plain, plain vanilla. Yeah. Very. Yep. Charlotte is a corporate city. Yeah. So every uh, our current culture is corporate culture, sterile, cookie cutter, vanilla. Unfortunately, that's it's going to continue to be that way because the money <clears throat> that comes into Charlotte comes from transplants coming into our city. Charlotte's money is tied up into. For instance, developers, they don't care about what the person in Dilworth thinks. 
or the person in Myers Park. They don't care. They don't care about that. Those people hold on to their money and they're going to be in those areas forever until they turn to dust. So what they're looking at, okay, what about the young, slick urbanite who wants to come? They want the amenities of a big city without the inconveniences of a massively big city like right. New York or Chicago or L.A. Charlotte right. is perfect for that. And that's why you have all these people coming in. So now corporations say, okay, that's that's free money. How can we accommodate those people without realizing that those people are almost like transients? Those people are going to come here. They're going to make some money. And they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go somewhere else, right. And then we're going to have these, uh, you know, these testaments to corporate America all over the city, um, you know, you know, just to appease those people. It's a it's an unfortunate thing for for Charlotte. Yeah. It's the it's the cost of growth and the cost of change, <laughs> I guess. You can still get murdered on Freedom pretty Drive. Easily, pretty yeah. easily. You, yep. get, you, yeah, you can still get killed out on Freedom Drive. Yeah, don't get it twisted. At, yeah, after you leave the dog park. Let's walk yeah. over to the cookout. Don't hey, do that. Look, man. Oh, no, hey, no. hey, this is industry street called hey, Green. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hey, no, no, die is not fully gentrified. You can still get got. Do, do yeah. not turn the wrong corner. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so I, I want to jump into shout outs and shout outs. <clears throat> so, I, I, I want to go first. I want to go first. I want to give a shout out to Steve Kerr. The way you kicked that damn ball, man. <laughs> that was you know, just went for it and punted it. Impeccable for him, like like you could have played soccer, and like I love seeing your cool ass upset. It is so dope. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then I, got, I got a shot at for Jerry Jones. You p you got nothing, nothing. Look, I want to work for the NFL. I'm be quiet. Um, it's 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 disgusting that you raise natural natural gas prices in Texas. Jackpot. In the in, in the midst of rolling power outages and shoddy infrastructures led by the Republican led whatever you are in Texas, my family in Houston, it was like 15 degrees outside. They had no power for three days, two three days. They were they luckily found a generator that they could use, but everything's back to normal now. But I mean, people lost their lives. And it's 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 disgusting, man. Yeah, the go- I think the government has blood in their hands too. You yeah. Yeah. allow people like Jerry Jones to do things like that. That should right. be regulated. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what's funny about this, like Texas thinks they can govern themselves outside of major government. Like they they don't you know they they don't want the government's help in anything. You know we're Texas. Hey, we don't mess with Texas. Everything's bigger and better than Texas. Hey, and, hey, and look hey, how they. Hey, 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 I remember when California had like outages and the people from Texas were talking trash about California. You guys can't govern your look, shoes another foot. Pop me Fun- kill. Yep. <laughs> so funny, funny how things work out, right? And, and, and finally, man, follow me on Clubhouse, man. Rod Rich. Rod R O D R I C H. And Jamal, please get an iPhone because you're poor. All right. Uh <laughs> Who else got shout out? <laughs> um, I'll give a quick shout out to the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. We often forget about our brothers from Raleigh um, because, you know, hockey's not a huge, huge thing here, but they're having a stellar season so far. They lead the Central Division 12. Big win last um, night, man. What's that? Big win last night. Big, huge win last night. They had a great comeback win a few nights ago. Very exciting. Uh, team. Um, uh, so if you are not a hockey fan, try and find some time to to catch a Hurricanes uh, yeah. game to see what all the fuss is about. Quick shout at, somebody mentioned this in the comics, but uh, Charlotte Football Club. Oh, man, you stole my shout out. Oh, okay, I'll let you. Yeah, the PSL situation is kind of weird. I, I, go ahead, take it from there, Jamal. I have two shout ats. Number one, <laughs> My, the, the one, my first shout at goes to Hartford, Connecticut fans of the former Hartford Whalers. Um, I am from Hartford, Connecticut, for those who don't know. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm sorry. The people, I am too. Hartford sucks. <laughs> I, the people of Hartford, Connecticut, how dare y'all get mad at people from Raleigh 
for trying to embrace the former culture of the Hartford Well. How dare you get upset at this? Hartford, Connecticut is the main reason for the failure, for the object failure of your team not being in Hartford, Connecticut. It is not Raleigh's fault at all. It is not North Carolina's fault. If you're going to be mad, be mad at the government of Connecticut. Be mad at the local government of Hartford. Do not be upset at these fans who want to embrace the entire culture from where the Carolina Hurricanes come from. Shut up. You look stupid being mad. My second shout out, shout at goes to the Charlotte Football Club. Let Charlotte Football Club, if y'all have learned nothing from the Bob Johnson Charlotte Bobcats, if you have learned nothing from that whole situation, if you are going to charge that much money for people to come see you, you at least better be showing your face in this community. I, I don't know if y'all... I haven't seen a damn thing. I haven't seen a damn thing from Charlotte FC as far as anything community-based in Charlotte. Okay, if you're going to charge that much money, you better be at Walmart paying people's layaways off. You you, you better be contributing to this tent city situation uh, in, in some capacity. You better be doing something in the community to make yourselves visible. To be fair, I know COVID-19 has put, you know, a, a, a hamstring on that kind of stuff, but I have not even seen an attempt. So. Um, Charlotte FC, fix it, man. If, if, if y'all looking for this get-rich-quick scheme, for lack of a better term, then you damn sure better make sure you at least look like you give a damn about the citizens of Charlotte, North Carolina. Facts. Jamal, uh, Jamal, I got a question for you regarding that one. Do you think they're, do you think they're more focused on their clientele base in Weddington, uh, Huntersville, Davidson, more so than West Boulevard, Eastway, Albemarle Road. Do, do, do you think that is the case? I, I can't answer that because I, I because honestly, I have seen nothing as far as from a marketing standpoint. It, this is I'm look, let me before you go, Kaza, let me just tell you my personal observation. My personal observation from Charlotte FC is seeing some overpriced t-shirt for sale, seeing some overpriced jersey online, seeing some overpriced tickets. That's all I have seen from Charlotte FC. So that's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Tepper is not from here. So he has to put people in his employ to tell him what the demographics are around here and what the market looks like uh, around here. And whoever he hired got it wrong. Like you said, they need to be focusing on the people in the inner city. Uh, And one of the reasons that Atlanta's uh, soccer franchise was so relatively successful so quickly as far as financially was because the prices were low. Yeah, people, a lot of people from Atlanta was like, I was not a soccer fan, but it was great to be able to take my whole family to a game. We could eat, drink, have a good time for under $100. Um, it's almost like they just completely ignored that. And to be the most expensive ticket in major league soccer, more than cities like LA, that's just. Seattle. And you, and you haven't played a match yet. Really? Yeah. That's they're, just off to, they're off to a horrible start. Yeah. They're off to a very I, bad start. NFLs are a way for the owner to, to get over on the fans. I've never been a huge fan of PSLs because then that kind of leaves the, the, uh, the fans holding the bag when it comes to the stadium. Like, you know, yeah. they're going to tear down Bank of America Stadium, and if you bought a PSL, you got to look. You got to look. Too bad. You don't yep. get your money back. Yep. So, 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 guys, I, look, I, I want to talk about this. I, I really do want to talk about this. I applied for a job to work with the Charlotte FC because I, I, I knew this was going to happen. They don't hire anybody from the community. The Panthers, too, to me, but NFL is king, so they can get away with it. They don't hire anybody from the community, and they bring in these people that are transplants from bigger cities and, and other places that don't have the temperature of what's going on here. You hire uh, you hire somebody like Jamal. Look, Jamal out there networking. Jamal, Jamal's putting strategic Facebook posts. Kaz is doing the same thing. It's, it's just frustrating to me at this point, man. Again, it just it, 
it, it just adds to the bad start they're 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 off to, man. And and it's just it, it just seems like they're just what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't even just out of touch. That's that's what I'm looking for. It just, it just seems like they're just off to this start where they're just going to be completely out of touch with the community. And again, man, I, I it just it's funny to me how we're going to go through this thing we went through with Bob Johnson's Bobcats. It was it it's it reeks of the wow. same thing, man. <laughs> man, look, man, look, I, we could talk about this all day. But Maybe we will next week, man. We, we got a close. Well, yeah, I, I'm interested to see the response from Charlotte Football Club. What are they going to do? Um, because the fans are already saying, no, we're not going to buy PSLs and we're not going to pay two grand for a season ticket to uh, an expansion major league soccer team, then what's the response going to be? You can't, you can't have hubris and say, well, someone will pay it. That's not going to work out. And then they're doing all this during a damn pandemic. We let's not forget about that point, man, but whatever. Yeah. All right, guys. Look, man, thank you guys for watching you guys in the comment section. You guys are watching our, our, our biggest marketing team and we need you to promote, promote, promote. If you got something that, uh, that that you're doing as well, we'll promote for you. Look, we can all win. We can all share. No Thank doubt. you guys so much for watching. I love you, Draymond Green. <laughs> Draymond Green. Shout out to Draymond Green. Green. Look, MVP last night. MVP last night. For MVP. Thank you, sir. <laughs> all right, bro. Peace you, out, y'all. Much love. <laughs>